0: Welcome to the Flutie Flakes cast. I'm Doug Flutie. And a big moment in time for me, Drew Brees retiring. Uh, Drew and I started out together his rookie year. Um, I just, the the number one thing that hits me is that I'm old as dirt because Drew Brees is retiring. Drew's been playing for 20 years. And it just uh, hits me uh, to think back when he was a rookie and I first met him and uh, came into San Diego. And Drew and I kind of hit it off right away. Uh, very similar personalities, and he enjoyed the game. He was having fun. Uh, He bought into my stupid little kicking games we do before practice and throwing the ball at the crossbar and all that kind of fun stuff, and we had a blast together. Uh, But Drew really matured very quickly. He, as a rookie, did not play much. Uh, Actually got in a game because I did have a concussion, played very well at times. Um, But through the first year, I was the starter. In the second year, Drew got his opportunity to start, but was hot and cold and struggled, and I'd come off the bench and play a lot. And eventually, San Diego would give up on Drew Brees, even though uh, you know, he, he, he was a first-round draft choice, right towards the end of the first round. Um, this, the decision was made to draft Phillip Rivers because Drew was struggling and he wasn't panning out. And that's what motivated Drew. That, it was like throwing a switch. Drew Brees, um, he was one of the first guys that started to test his blood and figure what he's deficient in, what he needs, what you're, quote, allergic to and how you process things and uh, really took the nutrition end to a whole nother level. And he came back the following year more focused, more driven, was just uh, a machine when it came to his work ethic. and. Drew made no bones about it. He was not going to let Phillip be the starter. He took over. He had a great year. We went to the playoffs. Um, I left and he had one more year out there with Phillip and uh, had a phenomenal year. And right at the end in the playoffs, reaching for a ball hurts his shoulder. And it was a, a devastating rotator cuff injury that you know, Drew didn't know if he'd bounce back from it, and there were a lot of question marks, and that led to Drew leaving San Diego and signing as a free agent with New Orleans. Um, almost signed in Miami, Miami didn't pass him on the physical. He ends up in New Orleans, and you know, when I look at Drew through those years, I saw an ambitious young man that that had the tools. He had a good arm, not a great arm. He was athletic, but not the most athletic in the world, and. I thought he would do okay. I thought he'd do fine. I didn't think he was a Hall of Fame quarterback, but uh, I shoot, I was hoping for him to be that kind of a guy. And when he got together with Sean Payton, they spread it out. He got back in the shotgun, which I think was a huge deal for a smaller quarterback, and got back to the things that he did well in college and just slung it around the field. And when it's all said and done, he throws for over 80,000 yards. He and Tom Brady bouncing back and forth as the leader in touchdown passes. So eventually, Tom has taken over now. But um, it's just been a phenomenal career and so much fun to watch for me. And I go to his Super Bowl year in New Orleans. Uh, of course, me being the, the 10-year-old kid that I am, it's a Super Bowl game. So, And I'm wearing his jersey right now. I got the, the, the Saints number nine jersey that I bought at that Super Bowl because I'm playing in my band. We're playing in pregame. We're doing events. So I'm doing that. Drew's out on the field playing as winning a super bowl and i'm playing in the band outside the stadium or inside the stadium or whatever but for the game um for the game i was sitting with uh, some of the patriots people at the time and watching and it's a competitive game at the half and his wife Brittany and i are texting each other a little bit and she's down in their luxury box with the family so for the second half i go down and i sit with Brittany and the family And it got to a point where I think it was uh, New Orleans gets a pick six and it ices the game. And I kind of look at Brittany and I'm like, oh my God, Drew's winning his Super Bowl. This is absolutely amazing. This is a guy that was struggling his first three years that San Diego was giving up on that I loved like a brother. And it just filled me up. I was so excited for Brittany and the family. And she starts gathering everybody around and you know, there's only a couple minutes to go and they're going to go down. There's this routine that goes on where they're going to meet up with the team and the families and all that. And um, it was just really a cool experience to me be a fly on the wall for and to watch how excited she was and the entire family. And to think that I had some kind of part in Drew's career uh, really was just very uplifting to me. Um, I think when I think back to our San Diego days, though, the the one thing I did impress upon Drew that I think he took from me was be involved in the game plan. I think that uh, when I was backing up Drew, I would keep a short list of plays that I loved every week. I'd get them to the coordinator. If I have to play, let's go to this stuff. And there were a number of times where I had to come off the bench and I played well. And then Drew and I got on the side and I talked to him about that and. In his last years in San Diego, he was getting together with the alignment on a certain night, watching film together. He was putting together his organized plays. And you could see the difference. You could just, this was a guy that as a rookie, because I was playing, when we're watching film, he'd fall asleep in a meeting. And two years later, he's the most dialed in guy on the team. He, his work ethic, second to none. Um, I can only liken it to the Tom Brady work ethic that I saw. And uh, to go on and, and do what he did in New Orleans and to continue to throw for thousands and thousands of yards, 5,700 yards one year, I believe, or 5,400. Um, it was just so much fun for me to watch from afar. Now, the things that made him great the number one thing, his work ethic. It, was, it became second to none. His, his ability to watch film, diagnose defenses, read things on the fly, and then in the game situation, is accuracy, putting the ball where he wanted to put it. I have never just played catch with anyone. And he used to look, you know, he loved the games like I did. So his game was tight as spiral and try to hit each other in the chest and, and throw. And he just always threw a spiral. Every every ball was a tight spiral. I would get real wristy in my motion and have a little wobble to it or whatever. He was perfect for him. Balls up by his shoulder, two hands on the ball. And uh, his accuracy, um, you know, you don't have to be a rocket arm. You don't have to be six foot five. You don't have to have the athleticism of a Patrick Mahomes. It shows that a lot of different style guys can get it done at the quarterback position. And Drew's was similar to what Brady and Manning did at the line of scrimmage, getting you in the right play protections and all that, diagnosing defense and and the, the precision of getting the ball out. His anticipation, the ability to see something breaking open, know it's going to happen, anticipate the throw and put it where he wanted to put it was what set him apart from other quarterbacks. Um, My favorite Drew stories aren't on the football field. My favorite Drew stories are because, and I I blame Brittany for making Drew grow up a little too much. I, you know, I hear I'm having a fun time. Here's my buddy, my pal. I'm taking him to play pickup basketball. It was a day after the season, taking him to play pickup basketball. And we were cleaning out our lockers that day, but we had a couple hour window. I took him over to the Y we're playing because some buddies of mine were in town come back my elbow's bleeding and Drew's got a sprained ankle now well, the season's over but the the trainers were like beside themselves couldn't believe it um, for his birthday Brittany throws this shindig for him and it's a really nice gathering downtown San Diego at a nice uh, venue and all this stuff I buy him a dozen baseballs and a baseball bat and take him out the next day and we're throwing BB BP to each other and by the way he can hit the ball like a major leaguer and could knock him out of the park I'm a I'm a slappy hit guy and he's just hitting bombs. So drew and I had a lot of fun together that way. Um, but what amazed me was next thing I know, Brittany's got him dressing in suits and he's going to wine tasting classes. And he's so drew drew grew up in a hurry. I'm still, what am I? 58 years old. And i act like a 10 year old. And, uh, Drew's done amazing things. He's moving on to NBC sports. He's taken over my old gig with, uh, Notre Dame and possibly a lot of other stuff with Sunday night football and, and Olympics, but, um, his work ethic is second to none. And the, the one thing I I say about his transition, he's going to be ambitious about it and move on and do all these things. And uh, he'll be great at it. Uh, he's got some boys that, that are really good little athletes. I keep up with them through Instagram all the time. Drew's putting little highlight reels of the kids and, and all that. So, um, there's going to be a fine balance for drew between wanting to watch his kids play sports and maybe even coach them and his career in broadcasting, but he will be phenomenal. Um, love him and the family, uh, just amazing run and very happy for him now to, uh, get through it all and, uh, relatively healthy. You know, the last year of your career, when you get banged up, it it makes you realize it's, it's hard to stay healthy as you get older. And uh, he made it through the fact that he came back and played through the playoffs and did what he did this year was absolutely amazing. And all the power to him. I wish him all the best in his post-football career. Well, my guest today coming up on the on the podcast on the Flutie Flakes cast is Rob Gronkowski, Buccaneers tight end, Tom Brady's buddy and pal cohort. The guys just bounce around the league and win Super Bowls and so much fun. Gronk is a... Uh, It's more of a lifestyle than a name, I think, with Gronk. He's just an amazing guy to be around, a lot of fun. Uh, We've crossed paths many times. And I actually go way back with Gronk to a flag football game when he was a rookie. And uh, he and his brothers all played together. So uh, Gronk will have a lot of stories for us. He did re-sign. He's back in Tampa. And uh, he and Tom are going to be looking to do it again. Uh, You can get the Flippy Flakes cast uh, at your SiriusXM app or... Wherever you get your podcast, and make sure you rate and review. Well, uh, I want to welcome Rob Gronkowski. Rob, all you got to do, you know what? It's not even Rob Gronk; it's Gronk, right? You say Gronk, you know what you're talking about. It's more personality than an individual. And I uh, want to welcome Gronk. Rob, how you doing?
1: What's up, Doug? I'm doing good. I just did a little, <laughs> a little workout. I'm actually down in Miami right now. I just went and trained up in Fort Lauderdale. And I'm actually still in my car. I just parked um, on the side of the road just so I can do this interview, this podcast with you, Doug. Because when I was growing up, I was eating Flutie Flakes every morning. So I had to come on this podcast no matter what the situation was.
0: So that's the key to being an all-world tight end is is the Flutie Flakes, right? Yes. 100%. As a kid, a hundred percent. Absolutely. I was
1: uh I was growing up in Buffalo, and let me tell you, the F- Flutie Flakes uh, was one of the biggest hits um I remember as a kid. And let me tell you, I don't know how much sugar you put on those flakes, but uh, they were delicious.
0: <laughs> it's kind of the same theory as the Jolt Cola. You double the sugar and double the caffeine. You just fire them and say, "Go get and it." Get everyone and addicted. The kids are bouncing off. Of- hey so you came out with a cereal. What was your cereal?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. I was actually inspired by you. Uh, no lie. And I had Gronk flakes and I think it was the same as that company, uh, that produced the Gronk flakes. What was your company based out of Pittsburgh?
0: PL- PLB? Yes.
1: PLB. Yeah.
0: PLB sports. Yeah. So unbelievable. So I, uh, where's my commission on yours? You're actually, that's, <laughs> you're, you're actually correcting that. I do owe you a commission. <laughs> no, too, too funny. Um, yeah, we were just talking coming in that, uh, you've got the Gronk Youth, uh, National Youth Foundation. Um, is that the same group that we, when we bump into each other at, uh, Boston Marathon?
1: Oh, yes, it is. Um, I, I started the Gronk Nation Youth Foundation about like five, six years ago. Actually, I don't know, like maybe seven years ago. I actually got to figure out the exact date, uh, because you know, everyone with those shirts, like founded it in, you know, 2015, like I, I got to figure that out so I can make a shirt like that. But, um. <laughs> I I just love You said there'd be
0: no math, right?
1: Yeah, Uh, I just I just love giving back to the kids, man, Uh, whatever. Um, I had such a great, you know, childhood growing up. My street was full of kids, my brother's friends, my brothers. Uh, I just always had someone to play with. So it's just always special down in my heart to, you know, give back to the kids out there. So they have a chance like I had uh, to make it all the way and just have an opportunity to to go out there and play every single day.
0: Very cool. Very cool. When you talk about you and your brother, my first introduction to you guys was your rookie year. We played a flag football game together at Super Bowl, and, and all your brothers were there. And it was just a hoot. We had a blast. And that's when I actually covered you once in college and I'm like, this guy's supposed to be all world tight end. This, that, and the other thing. It was actually a game that you only had a handful or a few catches, but then we played that flag football game together. I go, Who the heck is this monster? It's like, just throw it up. And you're like, Holding the ball above guys' heads and having a blade and your your brothers are all over the map. And then this year at Super Bowl, I understand that your dad threw a little party for the YouTube people, your YouTube channel. What was that all about?
1: You know, I, I'm not really sure. I just, just know that my dad was throwing all these parties down in Florida now because uh, you know nice weather. All my brothers down there. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel, but um, I did a lot of the YouTube stuff before the season. That we hit out like you know, like five, six YouTube videos with different events, including Home Run Derby. Uh, But during the season, I mean, they were just popping out YouTube videos like Cornhole um, and some Super Bowl stuff. So actually, I don't know that much about their Super Bowl one. I'm actually waiting for the video to come out so I can watch it. (laughs) So it's going to be pretty cool because I'm not involved in this one and they are. So it's going to be like, like it's going to be a surprise to me what to expect on the video with all the action. Usually, you know, what's going to happen, who wins and all that. So I'm excited to see, you know, what the events were they were doing during the Super Bowl week and what type of party they can throw without me because they, they lame without me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you got, I did, mean, we had, what, what was it? The pink party that uh, with Belichick and Linda, um, our bands playing this event, right? So Gronk's there, Gronk comes up, you're dancing on And you know, Everybody's seen video of Gronk going nuts at a party. Well, we're playing pretty much straight ahead rock. And it's not really dance music for you, Gronk. No, no. You were you were you were, you were reaching a little, huh? Yeah,
1: I was reaching a little, but you know, I, I always give it a try, you know. Uh you know, if it's you know, if it feels a little uncomfortable, you know, and not in my zone, I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna step in and just give it my all. And that's what I did because yeah. you know, you inspired me because you were rocking out, man. I was like, Doug can play the, the drums like this. I was like. <laughs> this is incredible. Actually, I actually want to learn how to play an instrument just so like on my downtime, I can just do it and like have some fun with it. And that was incredible what you were doing with those drums.
0: Well, I got an extra drum kit sitting right over here beside me. So I'll send something over to you get you started. We'll get you rolling. All right. That would be awesome. All right. We'll set up, we'll we'll, we'll get the band set up. We'll do double drum kits and go at it. We'll be like old 38 special. What what would our band Um, name be? the the Gronquettes? i don't no, know the, no, the Gronquettes flakes There's something with flakes we gotta we'll double it um so along the musical line the mass singer how about that what, what brought that on for you
1: all right so i was retired from football and everything and you know I took off, off like two, three months and I was bored. I was just chilling like, all right, I had my time off. I'm, 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 I need to find some stuff to do. And I was getting calls from like TV shows like, hey, Rob, we like your personality. Will you come on our show? Will you give it all? Will you give it your, you know, your best shot if you come on? And the mass Singer called and uh, I was just thrilled. I was like, I love it. Like I always, you know, wanted to learn how to dance, wanted to learn how to sing a little bit. You know, I'm not no pro, but I just wanted to understand the basics of it and, and give it a try. And when the Mass Singer came about, uh, it was actually right after I signed with Fox, uh, because the Mass Singer is on Fox. So after I was an analyst, they're off uh, for a few, they're like, Hey, will you come on the show Mass Singer too? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So once I heard that, um, and n- knowing that I could dance and sing was just super, you know, just super like a great idea to me. So, uh, I went all in. I went all in. Let me tell you, it took me five hours to remember my first song. It was Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. I never remember really a song in my life. It took me five hours. And from there, you just start picking it up. You start picking up other songs so much quicker. You start picking up the dance moves so much quicker. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn how to do it and see if, you know, I can succeed in it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I made it to three rounds, which is pretty cool. And I beat, Lil Wayne and Shaka Khan so I'm an artist
0: I'm a singer (laughs) so you're officially an artist there's no so you're you're re-signed in Tampa now yes congratulations Uh, this this is awesome so you took that year off how much healthier did you feel when you and had the decision to come back and get together with Tommy and how did everything go down like did, was it that you started getting the itch and you were feeling healthy again? Or, or what was the difference?
1: No, I mean, obviously there had to be like a lot in play. It wasn't just going to be one little thing. Like, I feel like everything had to line up. Um, first off, I had to be feeling good, like wanting to come back. Uh, that was one of the biggest keys for sure, is wanting to come back and actually play football and wanting to get back out there on the field and have that itch. If I didn't even have that itch, I would have never even entertained it at all. And that's what happened. I started getting that itch. Um, after the season, I didn't have it at all, actually, when I was you know not playing that year. I knew I just needed that year off big time um I've been you know playing sports uh my whole entire life uh from getting beat up by my brothers and friends uh from two years old to playing football to just smashing every single day, um like my whole life, I just felt like I needed a little rest uh which which I did, and then I got that itch, and then also I just needed to feel like a great opportunity needed to come up as well. And um I feel like it did going down to Florida. I'm like a shorts and t-shirt guy. I like I just love to put, you know, wake up, throw a little t-shirt on, some shorts, some sandals, and just get rolling on the day. Um in, in 80 degree weather. And uh, you know, that that's what presented um a great opportunity to go down in Tampa, go down to Tampa with Tom too. Uh a quarterback that I have I've built a lot of chemistry with throughout my years. So It would just be like we just left off, you know, and just get it all back like that. And then on top of it, my mother, she she lives about an hour and a half away in Fort Myers. Uh, So she got to come to every game. Um, And then just the weather-wise, my family got to come to every game. So just overall, it was a great, great situation, and it all lined up to come back. And on top of it, I looked at the team, too, and noticed that they had a very good team. They just didn't make the playoffs the year before. And uh, it was just cool to come in and, and just, you know, help put it like, help set it, help set it up as a winning culture and, and go out and go go do what we do.
0: At what point in the middle of the season or whenever it was, did the light go on that, hey, this team's got a shot? Because early on, you know, Tom was feeling his way through it a little too, and you guys were getting it going. Was there a point in time where kind of, hey, we're really going to have a run at this?
1: You know, We've all, we always knew we had a really, really good team. Uh, we knew we got, we, we had so much talent on the team, on the roster and everyone was unselfish. Uh, no one was selfish at all in the locker room, but at times I just feel like, you know, things weren't clicking. And when you play football, you know, that feeling just things aren't clicking, but it's uh, it stinks to know that when you have such great talent around and we are all just trying to, you know, figure each other out, understand each other. And even when we were down and we were in that little funk, that little losing streak, uh, we knew that we could still bounce back and come back. And I would say that turning point was after the bye week, uh, big time. We had a week off. Uh, We went into the bye week at seven and five. We We had four games left in the season. We knew we had to win those four games to get to the playoffs. And after that bye week, we just amped it up. Everyone just started clicking together. Tom just started throwing the deep ball. We started putting points up. The defense started playing lights out. And we just played uh, just football, complimentary football with the defense and just started dominating and won eight games in a row to win it all. So it was right after that bye week when everything started clicking and we all were just looking at each other like, let's get it rolling now. We got no more time left. Let's do it.
0: See, the rest of us heard this interview during the offseason. This is what we knew.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's not really an interview that's like just a couple laughs (laughs)
0: so you guys start laughing and it's it's like you guys knew something that the rest of the world didn't know and it's it was on and it was so much fun for me i'm a new england guy obviously and and i watched you and tommy play forever and um you know we're all down here in florida i'm living in florida too i'm a shirts and t-shirt guy i was in the water today surfing i'm on that program now and, uh, to see it just work week after week and come together. And now, you know, you're putting the band back together, right? Every, everybody seems to be resigning going towards next year. Um, what's, I don't know, what's, what's the feeling going into next year now for you guys?
1: You know, uh, that's, that's a good, great question to tell you the truth. Like we won the Super Bowl and we celebrated for a couple days. And then, you know, we all took our own paths right now. You know, um, everyone, they, everyone goes back home. Some people go on vacation. I went back up north, saw my family back up there, saw my friends. Um, I'm back in Florida now. And then free agency just hit. And um, I feel like, you know, the front office goal, the front office's goal of the, of the Buccaneers was to keep the team together, was to keep the band together. And I feel like that was the case and that's what has happened so far in free agency. And I love it. I love the guys on the team. Uh, like I said, no one was selfish at all. Everyone was there to play together. Um, even during the tough times, you know, uh, it, it never really got tough. We just knew we had to work through it and, and keep going. Uh, but it's just so great to see everyone come back and I'm super excited again for the season to come up. Let me tell you, I need this break, need the couple months off and everything, but I'm excited to get started back up when it comes. Uh, knowing the guys that we have coming back, knowing the guys on the team, uh, football can be a grind. It can be the biggest grind. And, and when you got, you know, guys in the locker room that, you know, that you don't really want to be around, it gets tough. But let me tell you, everyone loved being around each other. So it's great just to see this team um, all come back and I'll, I'll be a part of it and, and try to go for number two in a row.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think
0: people realize what a grind the NFL can be. And, and that's, you know, talking about taking a year off, I couldn't imagine, I wish I had the luxury at some point in my career doing that, take a year off and just get away from it, come back excited again. Yeah, part of that um, coming down to Tampa was, was just a, a different, I, I, I don't know, talking about the grind, when you change teams, did that kind of rekindle the enthusiasm or was it the year off more?
1: Uh I would say it was it was every, it was all of it. Just a combination um, of it all. Yeah, a combination of everything. Uh, you know, the excitement of a new team, the excitement of a new atmosphere, uh, the excitement of coming back after a year, uh, the excitement of joining with uh Tom, who's you know, mm-hmm. one if not the greatest player of all times. Uh and just uh just the excitement to score some touchdowns again. <laughs> and <laughs> so it was a combination of everything for real. Yeah.
0: How about uh, what's going on in Gronk world during this off season? I mean, you and I are just you know kicking around ideas, messing around, but but oh. talking about road tripping it or we're yeah, here, I'm, uh, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you on a jet ski and we're gonna head from Port Lauderdale to the Bahamas and go across the ocean on a jet ski. At six a.m. No problem. Six a.m. Glassy water, spring yeah. summer morning.
1: Yes, it needs to be glassy water. I love jet skiing anywhere on in the ocean when it's glassy. If it's like that wavy. You know, it That's gets right. tough after like 10 minutes. It's just a beating on the body. It's just, it's just It just isn't that pleasant. But when it's glassy water, I'll go as long as possible.
0: Okay, so here's the deal then. We got we to gotta bolt it out there. We'll get to Bimini, Bahamas. It's like 51 miles. We get there. We hang out. If it's glassy the next morning, we're back. If it's not glassy, we get on a plane, say, screw the jet skis, and let's get home. Let's do it.
1: Or, or like we plan. can stay another night. Stay another night. We'll wait it out. Yeah, Bimini. Yeah. I love Bimini. They got a casino. We can play blackjack. <laughs> we can play craps. We can do whatever.
0: They got more than their share of sharks. They do. Have you ever swum with the sharks and done? Yeah,
1: that? I actually did. Uh, what's it? The shark show. When it Shark Week. Oh shark yeah, Week. That's, that's right. Shark Week. I did Shark Week. I was actually in the Bahamas. I forgot what island I was in. It wasn't Bimini. I've been to Bimini before, but it wasn't Bimini. I actually went to the Bahamas uh, for Shark Week. And uh, I did a little something. Lindsey Vaughn did something too, and Aaron Rodgers did something. They were out in like California, but I did mine out um, in the Bahamas, and we dove, we dove uh, all the way down, and uh, for Shark Week, and uh, it was cool. I swam with the sharks. I swam with tiger sharks. Uh, let me tell you, there was there was the bull sharks, and they were pretty friendly. They were only like eight feet, like their mouths, you know, weren't so big. So when they came up, it wasn't that scary, you know. It was like ah, if he tries biting me, you can, you know. I can probably defend them off. But let me tell you, when this tiger shark came, oh, because we've been waiting for a tiger shark the whole time. It was like 14 feet. The mouth was like three times the size of the bull sharks. And that's when it got real. I was like, oh, let me just stay. Let me just stay still. I'm not moving. I'm not flinching. The thing I had some, you know, shark experts and swimmer swimming experts right around me. So if something did happen, but I knew nothing was going to happen because they were already down there for like 10 minutes swimming with the shark. So that was a cool experience.
0: Uh, big time. So you're talking no cage, free dive, just out. uh, Were you touching any of the sharks? Uh, I I did. Uh, I touched
1: a couple of their fins and stuff. And uh, when the tiger shark came by, actually, he wagged his tail just to pick up a little speed once he got by me and his tail hit my side and he barely did it. He barely wagged it. Like he just a little, a little flutter, and it hit me. I was like, whoa. Like that was some power I felt and he barely, he barely fluttered his tail and barely did it. And it, it hit me. I was like, Whoa, that, that's some serious power right there.
0: It's amazing. I mean, I, I surf most mornings I'm out on the water and early morning I'll see sharks and I tell my little shark stories, but um, you know, around here in Florida, we get little four to five footers. Most of the time. I think the biggest one I I did see about an eight to nine foot hammerhead once, but, um, to voluntarily go into the water. See, here's my theory. I have gone from surfing to stand up paddleboard because I want to be above the water, hang out with all the other guys on their short boards and make them the shark bait because they're splashing and kicking. If someone's going to get bit, it's not going to be me. It'll be guy kicking and splashing to voluntarily go into the water, no cage with the sharks and leave it up to the shark. I don't like that. See, I that's I don't want to leave it in there. Like, I don't want to leave it up to the shark to decide. I wanted this. You
1: know, I felt really comfortable because like the shark experts, they were down in the water. And when I was down there, too, they were literally toying with the sharks, uh. like toying with the sharks. Like it was incredible. Like they were hitting the sharks in the nose. They were feeding the sharks. One time the guy stuck. He opened up the shark's mouth and stuck his head in it and was just, you know, just doing crazy shark things it was pretty
0: incredible so it just made you much more comfortable to sit back and you know once you see that it's like i ah, it's just swimming by me i'm fine yeah that, that's pretty yeah. cool stuff i i think i would have to go in a cage first and then work my way up to that although i'm in the water every day with sharks around thank god i don't see them all the time but uh that's that's cool stuff Any, anything else what, what else is on the docket what, what do you got going
1: oh man uh you know, I just got back down to Florida. I was up north. I went skiing for like three days in a row. I was actually on the slopes for eight hours one day, be out for like a day or two. Uh, I love skiing. I just love to do activities. Like I have to do activities like sitting around, you know, is cool. Sitting around is cool for like a day or two. But then after that, I have to get up. I got to be doing something. I got to be out swimming, playing volleyball, playing cornhole swimming with sharks. I got to just be doing activities. <laughs> I love activities and uh, it keeps me in shape. It keeps me going. And um, that's what I think, you know, they are just fun too. just love yeah. doing it. It's just like a social thing too.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's the way I was. I played a lot of pickup basketball and I skied and I did this and that. And people look at you like, you know, what if you get hurt and all that? You know what? If I get hurt, I'll do something else. It's too big a part of my life. To have some fun, go out and play and have activities. I'm still playing in adult baseball leagues. I'm playing some hockey now. I'm surfing. It just, I'm the same way. So, that's uh, the truth.
1: That is the truth. Everyone says, You're going to go skiing? Like, you're a free agent. What if you get, I go, Yeah, I'm a free agent. I'm signing with the mountains today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't, you know, and then if, if something did happen, like you just said, you know, all right, I just, I just won't play this year. If I break my finger, I'll, I'll, I'll go do something else. Like it's,
0: it's too big. It's too big, you know, too big of a part of my life. Like you just said. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. It's a big part of our lives and it, it makes us feel good about ourselves and we're having fun and we're going to live our lives. If I went that, tw- I played 21 years. If I went that 21 years without skiing, without playing basketball, without doing the things I love, I would have been miserable. And you know what, when you say, Oh, if I get hurt, I'll do something else. Then the fans feel like, Oh my God, you're letting us down. You know, it's, it, they feel like they own a piece of you. Like, you know, it's important that you, we win the Super Bowl this year. It's the most important thing in the world. Well, your life's the most important thing in the world. I just want to thank you, Rob, for for taking the time and, and hanging out. And you and I, maybe we got to get together. Yeah, the other guys th- that I want to recruit for these type of trips, not just the jet ski thing, but other type stuff. Brett Favre seems pretty gung-ho about doing stuff. And Herschel Walker seems pretty gung-ho about doing stuff. So we're yes, gonna put, we, we got we got to put a clan together and maybe maybe we turn it into a show. I don't know. Maybe we're just having yes. fun.
1: And also, we forgot, man. I I basically became a dad. I got my new son named Ralphie. He's a French bulldog. He's eleven and a half weeks right now. And let me tell you, he's a full time job, like full time job, like. So I got a lot on my hands this off season, just taking care of him, training him. And he's been traveling a lot too. So it's all been new for him too. He's trying to figure out life as well. So. <laughs> Uh, he, he is actually Passed out right now so he's a good boy Right now good. because I can just do this podcast With no interruptions
0: Gronk becoming a responsible dad Unbelievable Love the puppies awesome.
1: Yeah, he, He's the best he's, he's oh. got blue eyes Let me tell you He's like a celebrity I walked him down the streets uh, <laughs> The other day and like People don't even know who I am when I have Them you know in my hands it's perfect They just all run up to fall uh, ralphie and they're like oh my god he's so cute can i get a picture and he's taking all these pictures and then he's picking up like you know i i got a girlfriend so i can't you know you talk to the chick so i just have ralphie he's just bringing all these chicks over <laughs> talking to him i'm like ralphie man you're just you're just a pimp you're just spitting so much game right in front of me it's pretty cool i get to watch all the action
0: ralphie's your wingman. man <laughs> how, how did you, who came up with ralphie why ralphie is there something you know? Uh,
1: my uh, my girl Camille, my girlfriend, like a year ago during quarantine, we've been t- talking about getting a puppy for a while, and she was like, "What would you name your What would you name your the dog your dog if you get one?" And I was just like, "I don't know." Literally at that moment, right on the spot, like within two seconds, it just came, Ralphie. The name Ralphie just came to my head, and I was like, "Ralphie," and she was like, "That's a good name. Like that's a that's a great name." And I was like, "It is." And now if I ever get a puppy, I'm going to name him Ralphie. So a year later, you know, get a puppy. And I'm like, the name's Ralphie. There's no Uh arguing. We're not going to sit here for three days and argue and figure it out. His name's Ralphie. And, it, you know, it just, just
0: went well. Just don't confuse the dog. Stick with it, Ralphie. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Gronk. And congratulations on the new contract. Good luck again next year. Stay healthy. Have some fun. Stay in touch. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.
1: Dog, man. Thank you. I'll see you around. Uh, probably at a seven on seven game. Uh, you know, we're always doing events, We're going to so cross see you around, man. You and we're going to crush it because we crush it every time we're together. Sounds good. All right, man. Have a good one.
0: You too. I want to thank Rob Kronkowski for joining me on the podcast. And uh, we'll move on to the Twitter portion of our program. Take a few questions and see what's going on online.
2: All right, Doug. Well, uh, for this week, and this is going to bring you back to your younger days, I guess. uh, What is one of your favorite memories at Natick High in Massachusetts?
0: Oh, my goodness. The first thing that pops into my head is as a sophomore kicking a game-winning field goal on the last play of the game as far as on the field stuff. But my favorite times really were uh, the Saturday morning of a football game. We would all meet the team would meet early, and we'd head to the IHOP, and we'd have breakfast together, and get to the locker room early. And it was fall in New England, and it just smelled like football to you. And those mornings, you know, those couple hours you spent with the teammates were the coolest times. Get to the locker room, and my girlfriend, who's my wife now, um, was one of the cheerleaders, and Laurie would make sure she decorated my locker just so, and all that, and And it was just a cool little experience that that I absolutely loved. Um, and those guys, half those guys, we all keep in touch still. And, and they were really impressionable times in your life. Now, all that being said, the coolest thing ever about it is Laurie and I scratched our initials into the wall in the back gym behind the door and wrote the year 78, 79, 80, 81. And through the years, went back by the high school and scratched another year in there or whatever. But over the years, my brother's kids... my my nieces and nephews, my daughter all went to the same high school. So they knew that was there behind the door and they went and scratched their initials or their names near ours. So here it is 30 years later and all these names are there and they're tearing down the high school. So they tear down the old high school, build a new high school. And I happened to go by one day and one of the janitors from the old high school had gone in, cut out that section of the wall, framed it, and had it waiting for Larry and I. And we have that today, uh, that section of the old gym wall with our names on it, our nieces and nephews and some of their closest friends and my daughter. And uh, it's just a really cool piece of memorabilia to
2: have. That is a really cool story and very, uh, very uh, thing you can remember for a long time. Uh, another thing you probably have a lot of cool memories from is the CFL. Uh, can you talk about some of your first thoughts and impressions? How did that kind of change after you had success in the league?
0: Well, when I first went up there, I went up just interested to take a peek because I've been kind of classified as a backup quarterback in the NFL. And I was looking for an opportunity to get on the field. I didn't know how long I'd have to play the game, but I took it as kind of a backhanded compliment when people say, oh, you would make a great CFL quarterback. And I went up to British Columbia and they put me up in a nice hotel downtown near, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the park, Stanley Park. And uh, it was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And I love the city. And then I I didn't spend a lot of time at the facility because the facility was not nice. Um, But we went out to the practice field. And I'm like, you know what? The talent level is pretty good. Mark Gastineau was there at the time at the end of his career. And um, the energy level was awesome. And so I just dove in. But I honestly thought I was going to be there for two years, get the heck back out, get back to the NFL and start, start, become a starter in the NFL. Little would I know that I'd absolutely fall in love with the league. Um, Yeah, there were some things that were subpar, no doubt. We've we've joked about locker room facilities. We've joked about other things and the way things are. But the guys that played football up there uh, loved the game. Very talented, very athletic. Sometimes it was guys that didn't fit the mold of the NFL, maybe undersized or whatever. But um, I would never change a thing, and I loved my time in the CFL.
2: Okay, and last one here, and we'll do this every week uh, on the podcast, tweet questions to Doug, at Doug Flutie. Uh, This one I like kind of too. It's kind of interesting. He said, do you think your USFL team could beat your best CFL team, and would the winner of that be able to beat or compete with your best NFL team? Now, you would be the quarterback on all three of these teams, so choose (laughs) wisely.
0: Well, here's the problem. Well, first of all, the USFL team that I played for, the New Jersey Generals, we had Kent Hull at center, perennial pro bowler for the Buffalo Bills, Herschel Walker at tailback, Maurice Carthon at fullback, all pro bowl guys, right? We had a talented, talented team. That team was more talented than my CFL teams. There's no doubt. But I was a rookie quarterback at 22 years old and I was mediocre at best when I was playing in the CFL. I was at the pinnacle of my career athletically and just mentally and knowing what I was doing. So me at quarterback and the maturity process, a little different. I'd say the most very talented team, we were NFL caliber talent. In fact, 15 guys out of the USFL played in the NFL Pro Bowl the following year after it folded up. Guys like Jim Kelly, Steve Young, you name it. They were Reggie White. Um, A lot of talent in that league. So there's no doubt that that USFL team was more talented. If we'd stepped on the field with an NFL team, we would have gotten beat, but we would, it would have been a contest. Uh, the biggest problem with the USFL team was depth. We didn't have Our first-line guys were great. We didn't have a lot of depth. And, uh, and we had, in me, a rookie quarterback. So um, I was just turning around, handing the ball to Herschel. Herschel had a 2,000-yard rushing season. He was absolutely amazing, and we just rode his coattails. But um, there was a lot of talent in, in the USFL. I really enjoy hearing your questions. Keep them coming. Uh, I love interacting and and it's fun for me to, it always ends up in a story when you ask a question. So keep the questions coming. Uh, You can get the podcast at uh, your SiriusXM app or wherever you get your podcast downloads and uh, make sure you rate and review. Thanks again for joining me. Sirius XM Podcasts.